This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and this is Better Dieting episode number seven. I haven't really been talking about episode numbers because we have we alternate between the Better Dieting episodes with Meredith and myself, and then we, uh, you know, on the alternate Fridays we do the um, building blocks, which is basically setting up sort of the fundamental ideas that help with your understanding of Eat Perform and, and understanding of a better way of dieting, um, which is kind of weird, but uh, the 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 better dieting episodes that Meredith and I do tend to be a little bit more on the jovial side, and we we there's a little bit more laughing and joking, and the building blocks tends to be a little bit more rigid and kind of tackles a bigger topic. But uh, Meredith, you want to say hello to everyone and let everybody know that you're here. I am here. Hello, everybody. Friday. Good day. There's really not a whole lot to talk about in terms of things that are coming up. Uh, the only one thing that we'll we'll talk about will be the main topic of the day. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, you know promotions and things like that, we don't have a whole lot going on. I know that, uh, you know, we do have the training thing, which is going to be the emphasis of today's podcast, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But in terms of, you know, the memberships and, and people doing plans and stuff like that, it really comes down to it's a deep part of the summer. <laughs> and so there's not a whole lot of people kind of focusing on that part. How are things going with you, Meredith? And and maybe kind of expound upon that a little bit. Um, things are good as far as like how it is in, in the summer and. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming that you're not like in a fat loss cycle or anything no, like that. I'm not. No. So I, I've been eating, I pretty inflexibly, I guess we've been doing, I've had a lot of traveling. We were gone and, June we took a weekend, and then I took my little trip that we talked about last weekend, and then we're actually leaving tomorrow, tomorrow no, Sunday morning we're leaving. We're going to um, Utah and Wyoming and, not Wyoming, I'm sorry, Utah and Colorado. My dad has is retiring, or he's retired, and we're having a retirement party for him, so we're kind of doing a little bit of a road trip and showing the kids some um, southern Utah. Okay. Uh, so... I have not been, I've just been a little bit more flexible, not as rigid. I kind of, it's that 80-20 rule. Like, I'm really good during the week because um, I have a pretty good schedule with how I, with my coaching and with, um, with the work I do with each perform and just different things. But on the weekends and when we're traveling, I don't, I don't log. I'm just, I'm one of, I'm. I'm pretty much like our clients at this point <laughs> right now. There's a, there's a client Philip, um, who's well known within the groups, and and he has a summer of pie. I think you could argue that my summer is the summer of Dairy Queen, um, <laughs> Dairy Queen Blizzard. Um, just so you know, I can't see you. I can't see oh. you. Um, so. Oh, haha! There we go. Yeah, and Hi. so um, so yeah, the uh, I would say that you know the biggest focus for this year has been really my sleeping and just trying to, you know, working on kind of that napping protocol. I'm in two months in and I talk about it every podcast, so I'm not going to go <laughs> on and on about it again, but it's still going well. Um, I will say that I have, 
allowed for a little bit of creepage. Um, and I need to stop doing that <laughs> because <laughs> it always works against me. Um, but, but yeah, the, um, other than that, you know, we have kind of like a standard, you know, like Wednesday night, we did, um, the torchlight parade here in Minneapolis, which oh, was fun. Fun. once again, it like, you know, it creeps past my bedtime. I didn't get to bed till midnight, you know? And so it kind of messed things up, uh, quite a bit, but it's funny because, you know, being from New Orleans originally, you know, I've actually been, you know, if anybody's from New Orleans or knows anything about Mardi Gras, I was in Endymion two years in a row. And Endymion is basically like the biggest parade in all of Mardi Gras. And um, I mean, there's there's people that would argue that, but um, I'm, I'm obviously slightly biased. But, um, you know, parades here in Minneapolis are quite different. Right. <laughs> right? And so, uh, you know, the um, it's fun. It's definitely something that that I enjoy quite a bit, but it's a much different experience. So one of the things that they do, right, they have all these princesses that are from each town. Like so that each town votes like a princess and then they put them on the parade and they go to the torchlight parade in Minneapolis. And um, the. Uh, what we do is every year we make the princesses do something right and so like one year we'll do peace signs right the other we we had them do the dab one year um but we get everyone around us to join the party typically this year there wasn't a whole lot of people but it was a really easy one and we didn't struggle actually there was um Dottie who who's with us it's so funny because the people that are there i only see them this one time of year right and we have a great time together but i don't know them outside of this so Dottie, um my wife brought up the idea of doing the twist right and most of the princesses are sitting down. They're not standing up on a float. And so, you know, you had to kind of do a modified twist. Um, but Dottie was like, no way they're going to be able to do this, you know. And, you know, everybody was trying to get like this full body twist thing going. And I was like, you know, we'll just get them to do a little twist. And then, um, um, you know, we would have them. So, so the basic idea starts off as, um, you know, twist, 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 twist. And then like everyone, so the pe there's people chanting and then there's people behind me doing the twist, right? And uh -huh. then, you know, then it gets like more intense, you know? And so we go, you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we'll go as far as to say, Amy, Amy. Because <laughs> like the princess's name is typically on the float. And um, but we do a really good job pressuring people into doing these silly. <laughs> normally they're just like they're doing the weird things and stuff, and um, people got a got a big kick out of it. I was actually a little surprised at how many people twisted. Um, it's actually more fun getting like the marshals and stuff like that to do it, right? Um, and then um, so there's other things that we do like when bands. 
walk by and they're not playing, we'll start chanting, Funky Town, Funky Town, Funky Town. And I'm telling you, every single year, one band, not not from our prodding, but typically just because they do it. Like this year, there was a steel drum band and they ended up playing Funky Town. Um, Every year, I don't recall a year where some band didn't end up playing Funky Town. There was another one too, um, which was a, a good riff on Funky Town was Boogie Shoes. Um, okay. And so, yeah. so that one was pretty cool. Um, and then the other thing that, uh, dude, what is it that we do? Um, there's, there's, there's just a number of traditions that we have, but I'll, I'll think of it here in a second. Do they have like those kinds of parades where you, where you guys are? No, I mean, they have like the St. Patrick's Day Parade, I guess, is pretty big downtown, but I've been to it one year. It just gets insane down there. Um, but no, we really, Kansas City doesn't really have a lot of big, big parades like that. So, no. <laughs> I know the other thing. So, there's all these like cheerleaders, right? Okay. And so yeah. there's like cheerleading camps that walk in, in the parade and stuff. And so every year we want to do it. Um, so so what we would do is we would go, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? Right? And like, they're cheerleaders. You know? And more often than not, they'd be like, I don't know what you're doing, old man. You, know? <laughs> you can understand, like, every single person behind me is also doing it. It's like 40 people, and we're like, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? We have had it happen where um, we had one side of the street babbling us, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, and that was fun. But that's never really gone off all that well. But uh I'll make it. I'll make it work. Our our big thing is that we want to have our own float one year. Oh, that would be fun. So my question is, do you have like are the same people just sit in that same spot every year? Is that how you've gotten to know these people? No. Um, oh. The per the group that we go with. Okay. My wife used to work with the lady. Okay. And her sisters and and friends of her sisters and friends of hers and stuff like that. We just we. We became, you know, close to those people because of this parade. But then the people around us, they're never the same. They're always. Okay. Um, And it's just like a series of events within Minneapolis. You know, there's like, um, I've actually done, there was like milk carton boats, right? So we all made like milk carton boats. Um, that was a long time ago, though. I, I was really young at that point. But it, they they have all these different events for about two weeks, and the parade sort of kicks off all the events. Fun. That's fun. So you want to have a what kind of float would you have? I don't know. The um, that's an interesting question. The um, because there's definitely businesses that mm-hmm. um, that do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we would do, to be honest with you. I, it'd, be fun, it'd be fun to think about. I, I, think, I think the idea of um, the We Got Spirit, Yes, We Do would be fun. Um, or like you could do some, uh, you know, I believe that we will win. I believe, that we, you know, something like that. 
but, but like chants and stuff like that are always good. You know, when I was, so when I was in Endymion for Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. um, what normally happens is the people, this is going to be absurd to people when I say this to you, um, but you would buy basically about, you know, $6,000 worth of beads, right? For the float, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, like I would say on my float, we had a lot of people from UPS. That's how I got in. Um, my dad was a manager at UPS for many years. So a lot of the high level people at UPS would fly in from all around the country, you know, that had New Orleans ties and we would be on this float. Now, I didn't know any of them. <laughs> right. Like I might be cool. I knew like one or two, but I was just like Paul's kid. So they weren't like cool with me. You know, so they'd be on the upper part of the float, you know, and, and because I was new, I got kind of like the, the shittiest part of the float, you know. So I was on the bottom, you know, you want to be on the top because you want to be able right. to see more so you could throw more and stuff like that. But, you know, you kind of know that you have to work up through the ranks. So I was cool with that. Um, There was one year that, uh, you know, I went, I went two years. I can't remember which year it was, but the guy next to me just got wasted. I mean, just blackout drunk, you know? And, uh, you know, at, at a point we had to have a doctor called on to the float, you know, oh to make sure God. he was okay. And the doctor's like, yeah, you know, there's not a lot we can do. He's safe. You know, so let, let's just let him sleep it off, you know? <laughs> and so, so at the end, you know, um, the, you know, we, we started giving him, uh, this is actually funny. I was telling this to Brad. Um, if you, you know, if you want to know how long ago it was, I had a six pack of Coke, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, in case you don't know, I don't have a six pack of Coke just hanging around my my stuff anymore. But that that's that was how different my life was back then. But when he kind of woke up, you know, I, I gave him a Coke. He started feeling a little bit better, you know, things of that nature. But he wanted to take basically $6,000 worth of beads off the float. And they were like, no, you can't do it. You know? So he basically just lost $6,000 by getting drunk. I don't get it. Like, I mean, I I could see getting like a little buzzed a little bit maybe, but, but man, just like, you know, it just seems like it would take away from the experience too much. And then they have this big ball afterwards. Right. So if you if you want to get like roasted, you know, that's when you do it. <laughs> Not but, on the floor. <laughs> but yeah, it's so funny, too, because I, I remember very little about it. But I do remember one thing about it. So the one thing that I remember is that um, if you remember the, the song Back That Thing Up. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Yes. So this was the first year that that had come out, you know, and um normally people have family. Now I have a little bit of family in New Orleans, but not a lot. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, normally you would use like the ability, I mean, you'd see people all over the float and then they would know their friends and stuff like that. And then we'd all throw towards their friends. Um, I mean, just so you know, like $6,000 worth of beads is a lot of beads. I mean, we all had beads stacked up behind us and you would buy like a thousand dollars worth of like the high end stuff. And then you would buy basically $5,000 worth of, you know, just like throwing mm-hmm. stuff. But you would basically, you know, I never like 
you know, if you're just like part of a smaller parade, you would rip off the thing and throw one beat at a time. I never did that. I basically just grabbed, you know, handful of them at a time and just threw 12 at a time. And, uh, you know, I was scared that I was going to, to, to run out of beads, um, but that that I, I knew by the second year that I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but so the bands in the South are amazing, right? Right. Um, yeah. And so the band that was playing in front of us was playing Back That Thing Up, right? So every time they would play Back That Thing Up, I, you know, there's like the intro, which, you know, kind of raises to a crescendo. Mm -hmm. And then I would let, I would grab as many beads as I could and let everybody, no, what I would do is I'd grab bags. So like in the bags, there would be a dozen, dozen, right? So there's a hundred before. So I would grab beads and just show it to the crowd and the crowd would go nuts. And then we would just, I would just start throwing bags of beads right? <laughs> um, every single time because I didn't have any family right like my family yeah. you know when I did see them it was only like one part of the route so I used that as a kind of a way to kind of keep getting my energy level up but it was so interesting because um, it's very different than you think it would be right um, I would say if you divide it into tens Mm -hmm. nine-tenths of the route is families with small children. Okay. That's probably not what you would think about Mardi Gras, right? Well, I actually do because my sister, or not my sister, my cousin um, lived in Louisiana in New Orleans for a long time. And they are now in Houston, but they'll still go back to um, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And they've got five little kids. Well, they're not as little anymore. But yeah, she's the one who told me that, that it was I didn't think it would be very family friendly just from all the stories you hear. And she said, no, it's, it, it can be if you're in the right place. Now there is, you know, I mean, there is that one tenth, right? right? <laughs> Canal Street, right. Where, um, there's actually a lot of people that were on the floats that would avoid, like they would take a break for that one tenth. Um, it was very common. Um, I know my dad, had been hit by bricks, you know, a couple times, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, wow. when you get like a huge crowd situation, there's a lot of weird things that happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Um, and, uh, but I never saw anything like that. I never, I never felt anything like that. Um, you know, Mardi Gras was always an important part of my family and because, um, you know, my mother has been in a biracial relationship um, since I was four years old. So it was kind of neat because I actually got to see a part of Mardi Gras that most white people couldn't. I've actually told this story on the podcast before. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Okay. So um, we, uh, the, the parade is called Zulu. Right. And it's mostly African-American, but but it's it's very, um, you know, it used to be a point where all of the parades were um, really segregated into black or white. And and this was the majority African-American parade. There's now much more um, integration, but that's only happened recently. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, okay. And that was not a thing for a very long time. And when I say recently, I mean like last 10 years kind of recently, right? Right. So we go into, I think the street is called Barone, which, you know, we, I'm going with my mom and um, James, which is her family. James is Papa James to okay. my daughters, right? And so um, James is, is black and obviously most of his family's black. And so I would come into town and I brought Alice so she could experience Mardi Gras as a child. And uh, my mother went and got her a costume, just in case you don't know, like Mardi Gras, you know, a lot of the kids get costumes similar to Halloween. Right. And so, you know, at that time, Dragon Tales was a really big thing. And um, Alice had on a little, um, you know, my mom bought her a little pink Cassie the Dragon um, dinosaur outfit. And um, my mom was, you know, really super uh, funny about it, right? Like um, she wasn't really concerned about like the neighborhood being bad or anything like that. You know, I had been, you know, my mother had been in a biracial relationship previous to James, you know, I, all, all through that neighborhood, I grew up in that neighborhood. I was used to being like the only white kid in the black neighborhood, right? So I was always very, very comfortable in that situation. And my mother was not concerned about Alice from the standpoint, um, you know, of, of her safety. She was just concerned about the standpoint of her safety as a three-year-old child. Okay. And yeah. So, so my mother, you know, Alice at one point I let go of my hand and mom, my mom was like, hold her hand, you know? And I was like, mom, she's fine. Right. She can walk. <laughs> she's a three-year-old child. You know? <laughs> um, I said, but worst case scenario, let's say that she gets lost. I said, all we would do is say, has anyone seen a little white girl in a pink costume? You know, and I was like, I'm pretty sure we'd be able to find her really, really quick. Um, but it was, it was so, it was, it, I, I have to say, I mean, growing up, um, you know, in and around the projects of New Orleans, you know, I don't know that, um, you know, now, Obviously, just being so far removed, you know, my my guess is the experience is different. Actually, the the projects that that um, that I grew up in and around were the St. Charles projects, which I don't believe exist anymore. After Katrina, you oh, know, yes. first of all, many of many of those had nobody living there, you know, unless it was like a squatting situation or something like that. Um, once Katrina happened, you know, Katrina happened in like the low lying areas of New Orleans, which was where most of these housing projects were. And so when that happened, most of those projects got torn down. And then there's actually, you know, we've driven, we've driven in those neighborhoods. Um, they're like just cute neighborhoods, right? Oh, and it's that's really good. It's really funny because it's the same families that live there, right? And um, and that's really, you know, if you don't know anything about New Orleans and the history of New Orleans and stuff like that, 
you know, having those areas, you know, become really these awesome neighborhoods and the revival of New Orleans has been remarkable. So remarkable that, um, you know, when I lived in uptown New Orleans with my grandmother or I would visit her on the weekends, those houses now routinely go for 600,000 for like a small little house. My aunt Angie and my uncle Tommy lived on a house on Napoleon Avenue, which, you know, once again, is, is a Mardi Gras parade route for some Mardi Gras parades. And these are, you know, I don't know what the best, you know, here in St. Paul, that um, Summit Avenue is a really big deal. And Napoleon Avenue would be kind of the Summit Avenue of New Orleans. St. Charles, Charles Avenue is probably the better known part. But, you know, when you start going into from uptown to midtown, things of this nature, these are really nice historical homes that people are renovating and things like that, that probably go for one to 1.5 million, which mm. I have to tell you when, when my uncle Tommy and Aunt Angie lived there, it definitely didn't go for that. <laughs> so that's a little, um, a little uh, personal experiences, parades related to Louisiana, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I would love, uh, I would love, to get some of the marching bands, um, you know, my daughter's in drumline. Be right. interesting to kind of maybe be involved in a little bit of that kind of thing, and maybe maybe do like band exchange, you know, because like like Lakeville North, Lakeville South. I mean, some of these bands up here are really well known bands. Rosemount, uh, which is five minutes down the road from my house, they were in the Macy's Parade band. So yeah. there's really cool drum and bugle chord bands here and, and things of that nature. Um, it's just different, right? Um, they do actually do a really good job of, of different cultures, you know, um, in the band. So we, we just love it. It's just a dorky tradition that we do. We've always enjoyed it. And, you know, having, you know, I, my, what, what I do in the parade is stuff that my dad did when I was a kid for Mardi Gras parades. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about this. I don't, I don't think this is something that we have to spend a whole lot of time with, but, but we do have a new um, training program that's going to be coming out August 1st. And I think initially it's going to be a little bit, um, different than what I think it will evolve into, right? But what we're really focusing on is, um, like, as an example, so so Mike had his kind of NT programming, which was a little bit more super intensive, you know, one and a half to two hours worth of training. And what I think that this does is kind of a little different from that. It's a little bit more 30 to 45 minutes. Um, tried to uh, kind of do a little bit more overall type work. You know, Meredith is actually working on some um, mobility programming. Uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit more female focused. Um, I know, you know, April's doing some ads and glutes stuff. 
Um, but the the idea with all of it is under one hour, you know, yeah. and really trying to um, and 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 really making things available for for everyone, including body weight. We we we've talked about doing body weight for for so long. Um, that's going to eventually be part of this program. So I think that's something that everybody should look out for, and it should be real exciting. But one of the things that uh, you know we wanted to talk a little bit about is why it's needed and why it's important. And Brad kind of brought this up, and I think this is this is um, something that a lot of people don't consider, right? So like a lot of times people will want to get better at CrossFit and then they'll go, okay, well, will this bodybuilding help me get better at CrossFit? And that, the answer is almost certainly not, not right? Um, but if, as an example, you wanted to run a bodybuilding cycle outside of a CrossFit cycle and then come back to CrossFit, you could maybe do it. But what I see a lot of people doing is trying to do more, right? And more is not necessarily better. Better is better, right? And that's what we really wanted to talk about is that like if your goal is is bodybuilding, if your goal is bigger muscles and more lean mass and things of this nature and not necessarily fat loss, then, you know, you would want to gravitate a little bit more towards that. One of the things about CrossFit, you know, uh, you know, in any kind of functional fitness type of workouts um, that's really more cardio intensive, you know, it's easier to stay smaller and get smaller. Right. I mean, that used to be always kind of the thing. And, uh, you know, we want to have a progressive functional fitness program, not not necessarily CrossFit related, but certainly something that if um, fewer CrossFitter would benefit you, right? Um, but can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know, obviously, you've done a lot of, you know, training certifications, and obviously, you know, you'll be the mobility person, but give, me, give us some idea of your thoughts related to that. Well, I liked what we were, t when you said bodybuilding, I just had this conversation with somebody else that if you are doing a bodybuilding or a hypertrophy program, that's not necessarily going to make you better at um, like a CrossFit, you know, a Karen time or a, a Fran time or something if you're trying to get better at some of those CrossFit um, things. The things I've been actually working on, or well, trying to work on, is more of that body weight stuff. I'm doing a lot more core intensive stuff, a lot more push-ups. I've really been focusing on a lot of push-ups and a lot of just, you know, air squats and wall balls and things like that to help um, help me get stronger because I have these goals to be able to eventually do some muscle-ups and some ring muscle-ups. And I'm not there yet, but I want to be there. So I'm working on just strict pull-ups and things like that, body weight stuff, instead of all, instead of, for me, instead of all the accessory um, weightlifting stuff. I'm not doing a lot of... Um, intensive weightlifting. Um, I have been doing a little bit of barbell stuff, Olympic type lifting, just because I want to get better at Olympic lifting, but um, not not heavy body, you know, to build, build muscle. So I have been doing a lot of the body weight 
for that purpose. But we were talking, Paul and I were talking earlier about um, the mobility aspect of it. So a lot of the issues that I see as a, um, so I think we've, we've mentioned it before, but I have my level two CrossFit certification and I've been um, teaching yoga for over 13 years. And the, some of the issues that I see, when I have a client come in that is having an issue with squatting, like they, they have a hard time getting depth and range of motion on squats, a lot of times it's an ankle mobility issue. It has nothing to do with um, if they're strong enough to do a squat or if they're, um, they, you know, they just need to keep their chest up. Usually it's an ankle mobility issue. So um, I will have different exercises. Go ahead. Sorry, Paul. Can I stop you right there? I have this problem. Yeah. Right. So one of the problems that I have. So for those that don't know, I was in a pretty bad motorcycle accident. <laughs> so my right ankle is actually fused to my leg. So mobility with my ankles is very, very difficult. And what you see is that because of my ankle mobility, I can't sit back into my heels near as much and keep my chest up as much. And so what ends up happening is I kind of overdevelop my lower extremities, right? right. And so um, that's something that, you know, like you'll see powerlifters as an example that do more low, low body uh, or um, low bar squatting as opposed to high bar squatting. So when you see like a high bar squatter, you usually see like this really lean torso, you know, things of this nature not as much development on the low side of things. Whereas when you look at a power lifter who is low bar, you know, you see that they have kind of that power core belly, right? Right. Um, and it just, it's just the training differently for, for different sports. So yeah, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, no, I, wanted, okay. I thought that that could reinforce yeah. it. It, it, exactly. So there are different things that people can work on mobility-wise. So I'll have people that they really want to get. Um, I have. I have actually. There's. There's. There's a guy in my gym who um, has a lot of shoulder mobility issues, and his is because I really think it's a lot of scar tissue because he had a. Um, it's. It's a long story. He has celiac disease, and he actually his esophagus ruptured, and he almost died. And he was in the intensive care for a long time, but he has a lot of scar tissue under his arm and his back. And um, I think it's really pulling on his shoulder. So he has a lot of shoulder mobility issues. And he's been taking yoga for, from me for over a year. And we've really improved that. But he would love to get a muscle up. But at this point, he can't because it's his range of motion in his shoulders that is limiting his ability to get above the bar, even for a bar muscle up. Um, he has a hard time with even just kipping pull-ups because that kip, he can't get his head through his shoulders to get above the bar and overhead squats are just really difficult and so I see this to some level that's kind of an extreme issue for shoulder mobility but I see this to some issue that if you have a something that you want to get better at um, and you're having there um, a lot of times it's not necessarily strength it can be but um, especially with these gymnastic movements and stuff a lot of times it's a mobility issue or a balance issue or a core type issue and so one of the things that we were talking about is having a mobility program is having um, me do some 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 sessions we'd um, you know they're not gonna be super long 20 30 minutes some might even be a little shorter some might be a little bit longer um, working on some of these 
issues and just continually building upon them so that you're you're practicing these things every every day or every other day and really getting um, to where it's benefiting your training because you're taking care of these mobility pieces and it's not just the range of motion and the the mobility but there's so much to be said for the recovery part of it too when you when you work on mobility and the injury prevention that's the thing that I like if you um, work on mobility a lot of times um, you can prevent injury before before they happen because if you come out of a a good example I'm really super flexible I just always have been but I can go up into a muscle up or attempted muscle up on the rings and come through really funny and people will think that I'm gonna tear my shoulder out and I don't because I'm just flexible that way does that make does that make sense like I can actually yeah. kind of fall through it well so I don't want to I don't want to distract too much here but I think that the and I think a little bit of what you're saying also is longer yoga sessions that act as practice that would almost be like a, a workout, right? Oh, yeah. I think when we talk about yoga, that's something that, you know, it's it's certainly intense. Um, I mean, I think I heard somebody say that, you know, like yoga is like doing MMA against yourself. You know, so I think that that's kind of interesting. But but I think what what we really want to do is sort of build this library of gymnastics programming, running programming, powerlifting. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be that, you know, August 1st. Right. We're going to do is really start to kind of build out kind of these pieces. But, um, you know, initially you'll have kind of the glutes and abs. You'll have the mobility and then a little bit more um, kind of like physique training. That'll be kind of the first start. But, the you know, as we start to progress, we'll start to look at gymnastics. Um, there is one other area that I'm still kind of working on that might be available at that point. Um, but gymnastic movements, running program, powerlifting mm -hmm. program, these, these are all things that I think would be great to have in a library that if people could pay for that and you know maybe even well certainly if you're a need to performer you could just bring it up and say that you're you know in the training course and you're doing the gymnastics programming and so if we had a, coaches that were specific to that they could maybe answer those questions or something of that nature outside of the group in the app it just sort of depends on where you prefer to communicate with coaches. So, um, but I think the other thing too that I wanted to kind of get get onto, um, and I think this is applies to mobility as well. If you want to do CrossFit and then have a 20 minute, you know, mobility session, um, that's great. That'll be this will be great course for that. Um, but I do think that. There's value in having, you know, kind of these hour-long sessions that are just yoga, you know, Absolutely. and um, because I think what happens for a lot of people is uh, it's sort of like you said, you know, with the shoulder guy, right? So he's got mm -hmm. the ankle problems, he got the shoulder problems. I also have the exact same problems. You know, I couldn't do a muscle up when I was 149 pounds, right? I was certainly strong enough. I just didn't have the the um, the shoulder mobility and you know some of that is strength but like you said most of it is kind of like 
trying to tear down that scar tissue. You know, I mean, I've always been in kind of the boat of, you know, do I get the surgery or do I not? And frankly, uh, frankly, I don't want to bar muscle up bad enough to get the surgery, you know? Um, and so those things are always considerations. But but what I really wanted to kind of get into is that if you want to get stronger, you'll have like powerlifting options, right? For nine to 12 weeks. If you want to get physique, you know, that'll be kind of the, the option if you want to do just glutes and abs. But the problem that you run into is if you want to do glutes and abs and then, you know, I want to do six days of gym, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this in the last one where do you really want to get better at gymnastics or do you really want to look like gymnastics people look, right? Because um, I think a lot of people want to do like six different things and it appeals to them, but what they really want is to look like those people look. So it's like they're looking for actually the side effect of the thing. I might have actually talked about this in building blocks. So it might yeah. one of the last two. But but trying to do something because of the side effect is not really why you would do something, right? One of the reasons why you might power lift for 12 weeks before going into like a physique template is so that you can lift heavier, right? right. And then those sets and reps cause more muscle activation. Um, like as an example, just because you're powerlifting doesn't mean that your accessories won't look a little bit like bodybuilding, right? But the emphasis will be the strength. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, as far as... Um, just make it up. Make <laughs> Oh, I do. You know, just, just kidding. Just pick it up, Meredith. Like this, this isn't a building blocks where it's got to be super rigid and there's no, I know. slides and stuff. You, know? you just want me to talk to so you, quit talking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I agree that um, I totally agree with sometimes that side effect thing that people want because I've fallen into that a little bit. I'm like, especially er earlier, I'm like, ooh. I want to look, gymnasts look great. I want to look like a gymnast or, ooh, I want to look like a runner, so I'm going to run or I'm going to look like, so I've fallen into that myself um, before. And even people look at me, and in yoga, like if you look at some of the yoga instructors that you'll see like on YouTube or, you know, Instagram or whatever, um, I don't actually look like some of those. I'm not real thin and um, wafy, I guess, is what is sometimes the word that you've used. You know, I have a lot more muscle than some of those. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that sometimes I, when I first started yoga, that was my idea of what I thought I wanted to look like I at the say, time. Like, I saw a gal the other day. She was a bartender. We were, we were getting food for the parade. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, she had traps. Like, like wow. You know? Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, where do you work out? And she's like, oh, I just do yoga. And I was like, really? You know? Um, but, but yeah. So I, going into I, that. Instructors actually come in all body types. They do. But if you want to get the um, full body benefit of yoga, and you can get a lot of strength from yoga, and you can increase your strength from yoga, because it's a lot of body movement. And it's a lot of holding poses with your body in movements, or, you know, in moving through poses 
with body weight. I mean, you get a lot of um, muscle activation and you can get stronger just doing those body weight exercises because you're holding your body weight up. So definitely a benefit for the for doing those hour-long classes. But you, that's the thing that sometimes I wonder if people will fall into a little bit with the training is doing like, oh, you have a gymnastics, I want to do that. Oh, and yoga, I want to do that too. And this glute and abs. So now I'm at two and a half hours. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's going to well, be no, interesting. That's what I'm trying. That's the point of this podcast is to say, you know, as gonna, we start to build out this library, what you want to do is take nine to 12 weeks and focus on that one thing. Right. And then maybe that's the thing. You know, I mean, I have a, I have a local CrossFit gym owner and he started training gymnastics movements and he's been doing that for four or five years now. Right. So you don't really know what you like until you start doing it, you know. Oh, yeah. I think having the ability to kind of take a look at different programming and go, is that a good fit for me? You know, at kind of a, a one time price thing, right? Like, I mean, if, if Meredith writes some programming and, and we write it down, I mean, it, it, it might not be new to everyone, but it's new to somebody that's new, you know? Right. And so you can kind of And then start- having... I was just going to say, and then having the ability for people to do this, you know, at home or not on the schedule of a class at your gym or um, those things, I think, is really going to be beneficial and really be able to, um, because I like to do yoga at night. That's when I like to do yoga um, because it helps me. Paul and I actually talked about this. When you do hot yoga or you do it in a hotter environment and you warm those muscles up, that active, um, your body cooling back down is what makes you sleepy and you will sleep better. So I, and then I always do a little bit of relaxation at the end of my yoga classes, and so I love doing yoga at night, but sometimes it's hard to get away from the house and go to a class and do that and then drive home and be ready. So I think just even that, but also some of the other um, training things that we're talking about, just having the ability to do it, um, you know, at home or even on the road or, you know, as an accessory in your gym that you are doing, you know, I think that I think that's going to be very appealing to a lot of people. So there is, you know, there is something that I think is important that most people don't know. Even most staff probably doesn't think of it like this. We only have like five guys that work for each perform, right? Um, and that's not by accident. You know, we, we, you know, the majority of each performers are female. And so, so we, you know, have always hired women um, to, you know, April being like the best example, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, when I first started, so, so this is sort of the evolution of Egypt Perform. And if you want to know anything about me, this is what, what one thing that you should know is that I don't try to pretend on parts that I don't know, right? I've learned a lot about women in the last six years, right? But I didn't walk into this situation going, hmm, I'll just kind of wing it and I'll be a guy talking to women, you know. And, you know, in my view, there really needs to be female representation. And so that's really what this program is going to be a large part about. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a man, you're you're going to really dig it, too. But if you think about it, if. 80% of each reform is women, 
you know, we're obviously going to cater a large, you know, to that in a large way. Like one of the things, you know, both, you know, a great, a great example is that Ed, you know, has his degree in exercise physiology. So usually if I have the option to put a man, you know, um, with Ed, I typically do it, you know. Um, so that so that's something to think about. I'm not sure that everybody makes that connection, that that's why there's so many women at each form. But that was on purpose. That wasn't like by accident. You know? yeah. And that's why you want to have a training program. Now we're getting into that. We want to, our, all of our other training programs have been great. Don't get me wrong. They've been, they've been wonderful. And um, a lot of people have seen a lot of benefit, myself included. Um, but we're, that's, we're shifting gears a little bit. And now we're going to have a training program by women. So um, it'll be a little bit different. Um, but I think it's, like you said, we're, it's, it's going to be very beneficial for men as well. Um, they'll see a benefit from it. I have men that take yoga from a female yoga instructor and do mobility, and they get just as much, you know, out of it as my female clients. But um, I, I'm excited. I think it'll be, I think it'll be very interesting to see how it um, how it develops and evolves. Well, I think that I think that a lot of people, you know, when we start to put something out like this and we say that it's going to evolve, you know we have a lot of really great resources right now, right? Oh, yeah. We can come out the gate, you know, swinging really well, you know. Um, a great example was Mike's NT program, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was an in-house resource that basically evolved almost to the point where, you know, obviously Mike moving on and kind of doing his own thing um, really sort of showed, I think, Mike, like what was capable. I mean, you got to realize that, I mean, on staff, I'd say 25% own gyms, right? And so so if 25% of the people on staff own gyms or, or coach at high level at gyms, you know, that means that there wasn't enough training out there to fulfill their whole book, right? And so that's one of the things that I think was kind of cool for Mike is that, you know, he came to us as a trainer and then, you know, obviously had a lot of interest on the nutrition side. And then now it's kind of gets to go back to his roots and do what 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 his passion is there. And and I'm sure his passion, you know, it's kind of cool. I mean, there's just not a lot of people in health and fitness that are pushing more. You know, so so having another advocate in that regard, I think, is going to be going to be kind of cool. So I, I don't want people to go, oh, you know, you know, we're not going to be able to come out of the gate firing. I mean, we're going to be coming out of the gate with some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, like April, you know. April brought up just the greatest point that if. You're a 45-year-old woman. Your main focus is abs and glutes, right? Absolutely. She's like, there's just no reason why we shouldn't have abs and glutes be a part of this. So that that's going to be a big piece. And and, and and what I find, too, a lot with um, women in that that are getting older, I'm in that group myself, that some of these you I mean recovery is important mobility is important because we want to continue be able to continue this for a long time obviously I'm doing the mobility portion of it so I'm you know that's what I'm talking about but 
that's what I find even in just the classes that I have. You know, I I have always felt that the reason that I can still do what I do at the level that I do is because I take care of my body, not only with nutrition and all of that, but because I I stretch and I do this mobility work and I do yoga and I make sure that my body is um, supple, if you will, enough to be able to do the hard things that I want it to do. So as we get older, that's more important. When you're in your 20s, you don't think about some of those things as much as you should. And I wish I had, but now that's, and so I, I agree with April completely. Like people are thinking about glutes and abs and how can I keep doing this for another 10 years? Yeah, I think that the other thing too is that, um, you know, there's a lot of people that go to the gym without any clue of what to do. Oh, yeah. right? And so the ability to, to you know, kind of wrap what we do nutrition wise with, you know, an evolving training piece. I think that's going to be kind of fun. So I thought of something real quick. We, you were talking about, we were talking about body weight stuff. Those of you that know, we've talked a little bit about, we're doing a summer, a summer camp. We're going to North Carolina to the outer banks of Carolina, North Carolina. We had a conversation in a group this earlier this week about gyms. Cause last year when we did, we had a gym that we went to and we went to every day that we were there. So Paul was looking up all of these gyms and we were throwing them out there. And was it Brad that said, there's a beach and water and sand. I'll do body weight stuff. <laughs> and so, and everybody kind of jumped on that. It might be fun to videotape some of those, video some of those body weight workouts and show people what we do on the sand. That might be fun. My response to Brad was like, if you're scared to go to the gym, just say you're scared. <laughs> he doesn't want to challenge you in squatting, Paul. He's, you know. Oh, I don't know about that. Squatting master. Right I, I now. might have him. I might have him right now, but um, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of got to the, to the top end. I, I'd always said that I was going to move on, um, to other body parts in August, so I'm actually looking forward to that. But, um, but yeah, the, um, I'm, I, I've just been supersetting a lot of quad work, you know, things of that nature. I just think that, you know, a lot of people are under the impression that to build and hold on to muscle that you have to, you know, spend endless hours in the gym. And, you know, I think as we age, you know, and, and, and time permits, you know, it, it's like a lot of people will often say to us, well, you know, I don't have the time to do 10,000 steps. And it's like, you know, what we need to do is have kind of everyone represented, right? There's the, you know, there's the NT gangsters that, that want right. to work two or three hours in the gym each day. Um, and then there's the other people that, you know, maybe need something that's not so involved, but but can still maybe add some muscle put put on. And so so I think I think this is going to be a really good addition. You know, it was interesting because like in the NT groups, you know, they're almost like their own little gang, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and they're all like super proud of, of being the NT people. And, uh, I think, I think everybody's sort of like this. One of the things that I was kind of thinking of with running as an example mm -hmm. is that, you know, you'll often see people that, um, will run and like a, a great example would be Matt Frazier at the CrossFit games. If you mm -hmm. notice last year, he was still lifting heavy, but not lifting near as heavy as some other people. And you're like, wait a second, this was like a guy that was like at the Olympic Village. 
And then all of a sudden, he's like toasting people on the running part. Right. Right. And so when, when you look at how to get better at running and keep a strength training piece in place, you probably want to do a little bit more band work, a little bit more, you know, um, sets and reps. But but like as an example, I'm just trying to think of, you know, you can get too much muscle to where it does hurt your athletic ability. Boxers, by the way, go through this all the time. You know, there's a there's a boxer that that um, Terrence Crawford, who actually put on a lot of a lot of muscle recently, um, like suspiciously so. Uh, <laughs> put on a lot of muscle recently, and. Um, you know, you do wonder like what the impact of that's going to be because when boxers get too muscular, sometimes it can work against them. They don't you move know? as quick. Yes. What now? Because they don't move as quick. Is that kind of the? Yeah. You know, okay. it, they get power, but they're not as 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 agile. As, yeah. Um. Thanks for we're like an old married couple now. <laughs> Uh, Agile. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm like the old couple where my brain doesn't work properly, and then you just finish my sentence. Uh, so, so those are the kind of things that that we want to sort of bring to the table. That's a little bit more flexible because you know, at the end of the day, you have percentages. You know, when you're dealing with you know six to ten thousand people, you have a lot of people that like to train in a lot of different ways, and so that's what we're going to try and bring to the table with this and sort of address that piece in kind of an all-encompassing way. So um, I think Meredith wants to kind of end the podcast here, but uh, we just wanted to really talk about, you know, I kind of want to summarize it by saying, if you want to get better at something, you want to do that thing, right? And the minimum you would want to do that thing is nine to 12 weeks, right? Um, and, and like I said, with my gymnastics friend, you know, sometimes you start something for nine to 12 weeks and you end up doing it for four to five years, you know. <laughs> All right, there it closes out. Um, well, I just want to um, say that I'm excited about all of this that's coming up and I'm looking forward to, I've got, like I said, I've got a trip coming up this week. In a couple of weeks, we'll get to meet up in North Carolina. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot to draw off of from that, I'm sure, but yeah. um, just finishing out the summer, I mean, it's closing in on us really quick, I guess, school for don't, us starts here in four weeks, and, don't do that to me, okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, we had a foot of snow on May 6th, so, as far as I'm concerned, summer's summer, gonna go to December, great, but I just want to, you know, just encourage everybody to finish up, if whatever your summer is, whenever it ends, if it's December or, you know, in four weeks when your kids go back to school or Labor Day or whatever, finish out your summer um, on a high note, doing something positive, doing something to make yourself better. Try to find, you know, maybe try something new. Do something that's going to um, just challenge you. We've got a few more weeks to, we talked in an earlier podcast about, you know, beasting, beast moding summer, you know, but just that's, I'd like to challenge everybody to finish out the summer on a high note and a positive note and doing something. Well, something don't, find, don't find reasons to not do stuff, right? There, like, 
Like my, my daughters are 16 and 18, right? We've been going to this parade since they were three or four years old and we still go to the parade. If you don't think that we were thinking maybe this is the last year, right? Of course we were, right? But what happens when you start to kind of take those traditions out, then you start to realize, I mean, we're just staying home and watching TV a lot, you know? And, you know, that's something that we've tried to avoid and, and we'll continue to try to avoid as my wife and I, you know, as my daughters leave and we have to find all new traditions, but those traditions will be more active rather than inactive. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still following (laughs) big brother. Um, that's, that's my summer binge. Um, and, uh, we just real we're going to um Zion's National Park in southern Utah. We're doing I grew up doing all these parks because I'm from northwestern Colorado. So but the kids have never done it. So we're doing arches and Zions and we're gonna river raft in Bryce Canyon. And we were looking at the hikes in Zions and there's several that that I wanted to do, but you know, we almost got into that. Well, maybe we shouldn't. My daughter's ten and she's really afraid of heights and some of these so we were almost leaf honestly almost finding an excuse not to do one of these hikes that we that I've always wanted the family to do but we just decided that we're going to go ahead and do it and give them the opportunity and we're going to see how it goes so we're going to hike the narrows um it's one I did when I was in college and I absolutely loved it and um I've always wanted my family to do it we may not make it all the way you know we may only go half depending on the day and it's supposed to be 108 that's a reason you know you it's supposed to be like 108 degrees the day we're going down in southern Utah we'll be in water and around water so hopefully it won't be too bad but you know all these reasons we're like well maybe we shouldn't maybe we should plan something else so just I like what you said about not finding an excuse not to because this is something we have wanted to do this is something we plan to do so we're just gonna do it and see what happens <laughs> I mean you know for those that don't know that area of the country is one of the most beautiful places in the country. I mean, I know Utah kind of gets a a bad rap, but anywhere from like Moab down, you know, you just have all kinds of cool rock structures. I mean, you mentioned Bryce Canyon. Bryce Canyon, you know, is really close to the Grand Canyon and not near as popular. And we thought Bryce Canyon was way more beautiful than the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Bryce is definitely, they call it a mini Grand Canyon, but it is just it's breathtaking in the mountains. You even go, sorry, you go north into northern Utah. We're actually going to go up. We're going to spend a day. My husband has a brother north of Salt Lake in Bountiful, Utah, and we're going to spend a couple days up there. It's breathtaking, gorgeous mountain country out there, and that's before we go over into Colorado to spend time with my family. But um, a lot of driving. We're going to spend a lot of time in the car. I'll be working in the car with the hot spot on my computer. But um, a lot of – it's gorgeous. People don't realize that that's just – you know, Colorado, everybody thinks Colorado, Colorado, Colorado – Go a little further west. Utah's gorgeous. Utah is gorgeous. I, I would argue that Utah is more gorgeous than Colorado. Back, to be honest. Me too. So. All right. Everybody, All right. have a great weekend. You have fun on your travels. And like Meredith said, we're actually going to summer camp. I don't know that she really explained that really well okay. enough. But, but we have our own staff summer camp. And so – There'll be all kind of shenanigans posted from North Carolina. We normally, we've done it the last two years have been Minnesota. We actually had clients with us. Um, this is our first year without clients just because, you know, I think we just get a little too wild for clients. You know what I mean? We just, you know, no. 
So, um, so we're really excited about that. I know that uh, I've been counting the days. I actually, I'm going to Oregon next week. So. Oh, that's right. Um, pretty excited about that too. So, appreciate everybody being here. Have a great weekend, Meredith. Have a great weekend, all you guys. Finish summer strong. Talk to you later. Bye. Your mic is still on it.